Hey Chasers, I wanted to take a quick second to tell you about our friends at Supernova Legacy Scholarship. They are a nonprofit dedicated to providing scholarship funds for drama students at the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland in Glasgow. Cask Chasers is proud to support Supernova Legacy. Founded in 2020 in honor of our friend, actor, and incredible whiskey producer, Sam Hewen, a celebrated guest that has been on our show. 100% of all donations made go directly into the scholarship fund and are awarded to young, aspiring drama students. Every $5 donation earns you one raffle ticket to be used towards any of the wonderful raffle prizes available on their website. Check out the website for more information, including donation link, raffle prizes, and merchandise for sale at their shop at supernovalegacy.com. You can also find them at Supernova Legacy Scholarship on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Together, we thank you for your support of the performing arts. Now settle in and enjoy this week's episode. Hey, this is Paul Lohr from Team Ohana 2023, Pacific 2023. Pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cast Chasers Podcast. Cast Chasers. So this is the finality, finality, fi- finality, yeah, whatever, of our dry week, our dry month, rather. Um, so no uh, no liquor, no spirits for an entire month. If you've been listening to the series, you can, uh, you, you probably know by now, it's important, I think, to do something that challenges yourself and step away a little bit from the things that can become um, a devil when it should be an angel. Um, and you know, I like whiskey, but I take a time, I take a break and we've talked to some great people parallel adjacent outside of the whiskey or the spirits community. Um, and we've brought in some really cool conversations that aren't necessarily whiskey focused, which I think is rad. And I think it kind of follows through with, uh, our, our whole point of view. This is the last guest of that this series, and I could not be more excited. Um, first off, we're both Marines, so there's a lot of chat about there. So you may want to – there will probably be some very long uh, ranting on both of our ends that you may want to fast-forward through. Um, but uh, for my uh, my international listeners, uh, a Marine is um, – a, a member of the armed forces, the fighting, finest fighting force in the world. So you can take that to your bank and go let your uh, local military know. I'm sure they're doing a great job, but they're not Marines. Uh, a little ego on my part. Uh, but no, Paul is Paul's doing amazing things for veterans. He's doing some exciting, scary. Dude just took out a paddle and one day and decided I'm gonna I'm gonna go across the ocean. Which uh, if you've ever been to the ocean, I barely make it to the break. Um, so he's a he's definitely a hero by every uh, every stance of the word. Um, and he's also a, a whiskey guy himself. He's a spirits guy. He's a maker. He uh, he does cocktails. He does it all. So he's very much in the group and the community and part of the family. But I'm excited to uh, bring him on the show. And without further ado, Paul Lore, welcome to the Cast Chasers podcast, my friend. Oh, good afternoon, brother. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Semper Fi. Semper Fi. Semper Fi. Yeah, absolutely. Paul, so we're we're amphibious by nature. That's uh that's kind of the Marine Corps. You have to swim. Um it's part of the uh, although there are Marines that don't swim well, which blows my mind, but we are amphibious <laughs> by nature. We have some parallels in our life. So first, um, and we'll get to a lot of this, both Marines. Um I was stationed in Hawaii and I know that's uh the endpoint of your of your upcoming journey. Um, I myself, I struggle with PTSD. Um, not ashamed of it. I go to counseling, I go to therapy. I'm, I, I'm, I I use every every outlet the VA can give me. So you're you're a part of that program too, and you're plugged into that, which I think is absolutely beautiful. Um, and you're a whiskey guy. You're you're literally sitting in a distillery, and you are partnering right now with one of my favorite distilleries and good friends, Mark and Arch from Old Line out of Baltimore, Old Line American Single Malt, out of 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 um, two Navy guys, but we'll give them a pass. So um, we <laughs> we have a lot in common to keep it short. Yeah, no, I, I love all the banter too with the inner service 
um, with all the different branches. You know, when we rode across the Atlantic Ocean, we were a team of five under the team name uh, Four From Home, and we had Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. And so, uh, Bobby, the jokes, man, just they went on and went on and went on for 51 days. We never got bored of each other. But, yeah, um, and and definitely aren't you, Mike, the Navy guys out of old line. It, it couldn't be more fitting um, with you, with the story, and really actually where I'm sitting also at Marlin and Barrel because the owner here, too, is a Army veteran. Um, and it's just, just amazing, brother, how – um, we are powered by community. We are really powered by the grassroots of individuals with passion such as yourself. Um, yeah. and, and I can't be more thankful today, really, to you, uh, to your podcast, to your listeners, and to everybody that's supporting this to, to help us spread and create some awareness on our, on our mission. So, no, my, yeah, my pleasure. Jazz. My pleasure. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about the mission. Let's how you, so you get out of the Marine Corps, uh, you, you live a little bit of a life, I'm sure, and then you decide in a bar, and if you don't know the Marine legacy, the Marine <laughs> United States Marine Corps started in a bar, Tun Tavern, Philadelphia. Right. Um, so you're in a bar, and you decide, you know what, guys? Let's uh, let's row across an ocean. Uh, and yeah. You, and I, from what I understand, you've never, you never did that before. So it just the Marine Corps came out of nothing. And you came out of nothing. Well, came out of a bar. Tell us through. Yeah. Talk us through kind of that mentality. Where were you at in that moment? And how do you go from having some drinks to let's cross an ocean like a crazy? Yeah. Person? So it. Yeah. It's a. You know, for me and uh, and I hope for the listeners and you, it's a it's a great little short story. Um, so definitely, we're sitting in a bar, and um, I'm sitting with one of my army friends. And there was actually a group of veterans that were going to, that rode across the ocean and we wanted to support them. Um, so we were trying to think, um, and again, it's what I love. I love the esprit de corps and the brother and the sistership of just veterans supporting veterans. There's nothing that motivates me more. And really now what I'm really loving even more is getting civilians in the community because uh, we really can't do it alone. We have to do it all together. Um, so we were just sitting and we're like, hey, what can we do to support these guys? His uh, brother-in-law was running like a like a tailgate, something out of Pittsburgh, and they were going to donate to the group. And I'm like, well, let's let's get a little bit more explosive than that, and let's try to think of something really good that we could do here in the local area. So me and him came up with a with an event that's called Cross the Line, and it's actually going to happen this year. We're going to go on our fifth year. We paddle from St. Mary's, Georgia, to Fernandina Beach. It's like a eight ten mile paddle, depending on where your line is at, your course. Um, and the first year that we ran it, we raised just a little bit over $10,000. Wow. Um, and we gave to these four Army veterans. Uh, they were four Special Forces Green Beret guys. Um, and we really uh, liked their mission about trying to help, um, you know, reduce PTSD and reduce the ideation of suicide, um, you know, in veterans. So we got so tangled in hearing uh, the crossing, you know, I myself and, and the organization's called Fight or Die. You all should look them up, too. That's a really neat thing that I love to be a part of, too, is championing other organizations. Um, and they're just a great group of folks. Um, and they really their whole mission was to try to put a boat out every year on the ocean and give vets a chance to, you know, to make that dream happen and to help others. And as everybody knows, it's when you find out you get into ocean rowing, it's not that easy putting a boat out on the ocean every year. Can imagine. Um, but we supported them. Oh, man, it's unbelievable. I'll, I'll get into that later. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's doable. Definitely. We've, you know, we found out. So when I applied to row actually for them, my friend caught word. He's like, Hey man, I heard you're trying to row for fight or die. And I said, yeah. And he's like, well, what do you think about us? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I mean, I'm in, I don't know what we're doing, but I'm in. And it really literally Bobby was that, was that kind of conversation. And he's like, well, who do you think else we can get? And I'm like, well, let's see if Cam and, and, and Hup, there were other two close uh, friends of ours and we knew they were both veterans but the one piece we never put together was all the different branches we were in so we reached out to cam and hup and we said hey you guys want to cross the atlantic in a rowboat you know like fight or die and and they're like without hesitation like yeah we're in yeah we're in <laughs> you know so it was like within seconds you know we, we've got a team and then um on a on a real serious note we we did meet um, where I bartend, but we meant it's also one of Florida's oldest working ends, the Florida house. And we met without 
without any spirits in front of us. And we had a really serious conversation to see if we can devote um, our time to each other, to this mission and to our community. And it's specifically mm -hmm. to the, you know, to the veteran community. Um, and we were like, we're in, we're, that's it, let's do it. And Bobby, we had absolutely zero money and zero skills and didn't even know what to do. And we're like, okay, now we gotta get some oars. We gotta get a rowboat. We've gotta learn to row. Um, and so here's like a Hewlett Packard story. We reached out to Jacksonville University and we called them up. Um, Cam, who's the Air Force veteran, was uh, graduated from Jacksonville University. So he made the call and he told him, hey, you know, hold on. And this is not advertised or anything or spam, but just try to let us get through this story. And we told him the story, um, just like I told you, you know, and we said we want to row from La Gomera, Spain to Antigua. And we want to raise money for to help, you know, in the fight against veteran suicide. We specifically want to row for canine for warriors. And, you know, we want to help sponsor a couple of dogs. And that really was our initial mission. We wanted to try to raise maybe 125,000, 175,000 and sponsor like four dogs. And so the coach was like, all right, guys, I got to tell you, I am like really just like you, Bobby, right now. Like, I'm really excited. So I'm in but I don't know if the school will go for it. I got to talk to the Dean, yeah. you know? And, and so he said, but beyond that, I'm in as a, you know, I'll teach you. And so we're like, well, yeah, just talk to the school. And then the, it was really surprising at the end of the school and everybody was behind it. So Jacksonville university became really one of our very first big um, sponsors. And they just took us and they put us in boats and we put us on the erg and the concept too. And we did weight training, CrossFit training, uh, we did that with a group that was out here. There were two Air Force vets. Again, they owned CrossFit 32034, and they brought us in three days, four days a week, and they trained all us old men. and And it was funny, Bobby, because you, know, you can you could picture this I'm when we were away. at the university. When we were at the university, you know, we're just standing there, and you know, my one friend started smoking again, the Navy guy, and he's smoking, and you know, we're all sitting there, not not in the best of of shape. And then I remember hearing this one kid go. Hey, Coach Jason, is this the team that's going across the Atlantic? <laughs> and, um, you know, they were kind of blown away. And then, but the really beautiful part of that story was, you know, over those three years, Bobby, we really did both mental and physical and just did so much human change um, that it was really amazing to have the kids at the university um, want to have us come back and speak. Um, and give a presentation and they were all blown away and just really how successful, you know, we were. So yes, Bobby, I say, man, you just, you have a dream. You want to do something, whether it's cross an ocean or cross a Creek or hike a hill or climb Mount Everest, whatever it is, put your mind to it, spend whatever time it is and invest in yourself and others. And it's, and it's a beautiful experience, man. There's short first off, we're going to crack this egg open because I want to know every detail. I'm very rarely on this show. Am I, I guess, speechless. I'm a, I'm a talker. Um, you just telling the first part of that. I'm just dumbfounded. I'm literally putting myself in the mentality of what I, what I have even raised my hand and said, yeah, I'll go with you. I might've been like, I think I would have pulled you into an intervention and said, listen, Paul, <laughs> <laughs> buddy <laughs> there's other ways to no but there's been a few cases in my life and i want to say this so i can have some semblance of understanding there's been few cases in my life where i put myself in a position way outside my comfort zone uh the marine corps obviously you know joining the marine corps was terrifying and then once you're there it all kind of clicks getting married having kids um I went whitewater rafting one time with some buddies and it was this, these guys have done it before. I'd never been on a raft. I'd never been on whitewater. I've never done anything like this other than maybe canoe or, you know, you know, tube down a river with friends. And the rapid we picked was the gorge, which is a class three pushing class four. I think class four is like a waterfall, but I mean, this thing was intense. Oh, wow. It was a terrifying and I'm like, why am I doing this? And, but two day, it was a two day paddle and I, I'm in love with it. Like, I, I can't wait to go back. So to your point, I mean, that's not crossing an ocean, which I, I still can't wrap my head around, but to do something bigger than yourself 
is the true testament to to achievement, I think, to that next phase, to being bigger and doing more. And I want the listeners to understand it doesn't have to be crossing an ocean, marriage, whitewater rafting. I think all three of those things are equally terrifying. I think it has to be just something that, you know, you can plant your flag in and say, I did that. And if you do that, the feeling of just accomplishment is above and beyond. So you learn to row. You're with these college kids, this coach. They're teaching you guys to row. It sounds like some movie with uh, Robert De Niro and a bunch of, you know, old hog. Well, no, it wasn't Robert De Niro, whoever. It, it, it kind of has a, it kind of has that mentality. Not to, I mean, you look good, so don't don't get me wrong. I appreciate it. But let's be realistic. I'm 41 and my knees are jacked, so I can only, you know what I mean. So you're, yeah, you're putting yeah. yourself. To, it was. Is there a moment where you're like? oh shit, can I do this? I mean, is there a moment where you're just like, I think I went too far, but there's no turning back. You know what I mean? Or were you gung-ho? Yeah, I think it's a a great question, Bobby. I think we all do that to ourselves, right? We have that, we have that where we have these beautiful, wonderful, grandiose dreams um, or expectations, you know, and then we find that we have limitations um, or we have things that sometimes are barriers, but I believe so strongly in trying that there's a way around everything and there's a way through everything. Um, it just might not happen as fast as you think it is. You know, I can't do a 620 mile anymore. You know, I, if I went to go do the PFT in the Marines today, Bobby, I probably, I don't know if I'd stay in the 295 area, yeah, yeah. You know, 290 area. Um, but I'm very personally and individually satisfied with the performance of whoever I'm around and then myself, you know, I try to keep myself in context. And I think the beautiful thing that this three-year journey has taught me, and now it's four years with the second team, is that is that I'm going to fail along the way. Mm. And I have failed so much over the last three years. Um, and I'll give you a really great example of a failure of our whole team um, in front of a community. You know, once you put yourself out on Instagram, Facebook, and and everything you know our community had this wow they're following us and our dream to cross an ocean and we went on a training evolution you know we felt like wow we're pretty solid in the boat now we got our rowing skills down we got endurance um we've got the mechanics of the boat down we know how to navigate we've taken all our safety courses um even our medfield course um and so we drove the boat down to coco beach and we put the boat in the water at Cocoa Beach. And our whole thing was going to be, let's row up to Fernandina. You know, let's do about a 170-something mile row um, and, and get up there. We put the boat in the water, bro, and we took off out of the inlet and got in the ocean. We're all feeling good. Nobody's seasick. We're, we're pushing north. And then all of a sudden, we're coming around the, you know, the rocket towers. And then, boom, we get – it was in the summer. We get – is circled and encompassed by just thunderstorms Mm. and the thunderstorms were just throwing out wind that was just circling. We were having headwind. We were doing maybe a a quarter of a knot and we did that for like six hours. And then finally we're like, we're going nowhere. So we throw out this thing called um, a para anchor um, and we did practice on that. And then we actually threw out an anchor anchor because we figured out after we got the weather forecast, we're not going nowhere for two days. Mm. And then part of the crew, you know, on top of everything, what a lot of folks don't know, Bobby, is, you know, majority of the crew had to work full time. You know, we got families and jobs and all that. So people had to be back to work at Monday. So we had to call the evolution, you know, so we didn't make the evolution up to Fernadina, but we did stay out in the water for a couple of days and still trained. We just stayed down there. But when we got back, we had a lot of a lot of questions, you know, from our community, like, you know, how are you going to row an ocean if you can't even row from Cocoa Beach to Fernandina? Um, you know, and, and it wasn't that there was like a loss of support. There was just a lot of questions, you know, and then we were, you know, even, you know, somewhat questioning ourselves until that one day we just sat there and said, you know what? It's, it's part of the process, man. Failing, failing at something doesn't mean it's over. You know, it just means how do we do it better next time? Adapt you know, what and can overcome. We- yeah, exactly, bro. And 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 it was so instrumental for us. And then on that moment, for us as the team, we were like, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna do everything. We're gonna do anything and anything. We're just gonna we're gonna readjust. And that week we came up with another training plan and had another thing to put the boat in the water and 
we rode up towards Savannah and we actually ended up rowing with just three of us because one of our roommates ended up getting COVID. Um, and that's a real good point, Bobby. I forgot to tell you too. Um, when we sat down at that meeting and said, yes, that we were going to row under normal conditions, just for a team to get a boat to the starting line is a horrendous, is just a huge task. But what everybody needs to know too, that first team that I was on, we did it during a time when all of a sudden the world shut down. Yeah, businesses were shutting down, and I remember because I was on I was on a surf vacation. And I was coming back from Indonesia, Vietnam area, and um, I almost got stuck. And we just released our sponsorship packet, and now here's the world just you know shutting down. So here's another opportunity where we said. You know, what do we do to adjust, adapt, and overcome? Do we just announce that we're going to row another year, or do we continue to try to forge ahead? And we did. We completely flipped our sponsorship model, and all we did was run, like, little small events. And I really don't want to just say we, our community. Like, one time they did basketball for bucks. You know, another time they did a silent auction. Uh, the American Legion did a uh, Make It With Bacon you know, and we just kept pushing forward until, you know, the world changed again. And it did. That's crazy. Yeah. There's a lot of obstacles out there. I used to have a commander that said, um, he would tell us, you know, train like plan B is plan A. And I think the, cause it normally is, you know, you're normally going to plan B. Um, you have to have a yeah. contingency, but you have to be willing to keep the fight. Um, and that's in everything. You keep saying team, and I love that because one of the things when I speak to PTSD or any kind of struggles or even in the whiskey world, you know, whiskey being made, the people in the in this gorgeous community, it's always a team effort. You know, it's it can't be done without a team. It's I don't you probably remember the crucible and in the Marine Corps when you're in boot camp, there's a there's a there's a um there's a training or a part of the training called the crucible. And I believe it's three days. I can't remember. It's been so long, but the crucible cannot be completed without teamwork. It just can't. It's designed to only be no single human can complete it. it. You have to, you need your team. You need to work cohesively. And as a, as an individual unit, when you're rowing, I imagine it's the same idea. It's And if somebody fails, it's everybody fails. If something goes wrong, it goes wrong for everybody. You may have to pick up some slack, but it's a team effort. And I love that you keep throwing team out there because I think that's important to this whole process. So let's let's fast forward a little bit because I, I got I, I'm, I'm curious. So your first your your first long voyage, you're, you're, you've done some short ones, you've had some bumps. You've hit that first voyage. How long, how far is that, is, is your first long voyage? You did the Atlantic, I think, correct? Uh, yes, sir. So, yeah, we did the Atlantic. We took off out of Lagomeras, Spain on uh, December 12th, on 2021. And we took us 51 days to uh, row across the ocean. And so we landed in February of 20, uh, 2022. And it, it was the most amazing 51 days ever in my entire life. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to diminish it. I'm not, I'm, you know, my, I love my kids and I love the birth of my kids <laughs> and my family and all that, but just on, on, you know, in the context of, you know, an amazing journey or an amazing mission, um, the 51 days was just, just incredible. And I think what's really important, Bobby, again, and I'm going to bring now the, the C word into it, the community, mm. Um, what, what I really always tell people is, you know, you can look at that journey and say, yeah, crossing an ocean is pretty spectacular, but it really was to me, the spectacular that I'm trying to define because not only did the four of us row across the ocean, but we brought a community with us. Yeah. And I mean, and I mean that genuinely, sorry, no man, you know, it, you can do things by yourself. And you can do things maybe with one or two people, but when you drag an entire community, you know, with you and they're experiencing that and they're, they're crying with you, they're laughing with you, they're, they're excited with you, they're helping you, they're, they're there dragging the boat, you know, down to your, your, your trial runs. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just so important. And, and if I can, just to expound on that, I always tell everybody, 
you know, it wasn't a 51 day journey. You know, it was 1,365 days a journey. Yeah. You know, it started from the moment we said we were going to go, you know, and, and really Bobby now, you know, we're with the second mission coming up with team Ohana and it's just, and now you just, it's just continuing to go. And it, you know, it just gets beyond the ocean crossing. It becomes more. And like now, you know, whether you like it or not, you're, you're part of our team. No, uh, you really are. Yeah. I, you, you just, don't. I, I, I hope so, man. I, well, you I, are, I can't be, I can't. You know how lucky I am. Oh, you are so lucky. I know being married to you. That's number one, right? That's no joke, babe. It's no joke. And, and I'm going to tell you why, aside from being married to you, my two favorite independent bottlers mm -hmm. happen to be in the Imparks portfolio. What luck. I know. We've got Adelphi Selections. Yeah. Bottler started in 1993, I want to say. Okay. And Single Malts of Scotland. Yeah. Who those casts are selected by my good friend, Ollie Chilton. I know Ollie. You know Ollie. Yeah. Yeah, he came to drink with us. Uh-huh. So back to the idea of drinking off the beaten path. Oh, this again. If you are looking for a wide array of flavors, going after independently bottled whiskey is where it's at because- their idea is never to repeat a flavor. Never? Never to repeat a flavor. Well. Always bottle something new, always something different, and more importantly, always something delicious mm -hmm. and something that won't steal all of your wallet. Okay. That's kind I of like important. that part. You like that. I knew you'd yeah. like that part. So listen, Haida, I have to tell you, and I have to tell our listeners here, Impex Beverages. Yes. Proud sponsor of Cast Chasers Podcast. Excellent. <laughs> I'm excited to be part of the community. I'm excited to be part of this, you know, fraternity, this brotherhood, sisterhood that we're you're a part of. And just to tip my, you know, dip my toe in the, you know, metaphorical water and just to do anything I can to support such an incredible thing and the the clear passion that you have behind it. It's I mean, my brain's spinning. What more can I do? I mean, I have a platform on a podcast, but I mean do I learn how to build a boat? You know what I mean? What do I, what can I do? I mean, you won't use it because I'll have built a boat and I don't know how to build a boat, but you know, <laughs> uh, maybe, although I did build, as long as it doesn't sink, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll sink. It'll <laughs> sink. So let's talk about that journey specifically. I mean, I, I'm trying to write my, how do you sleep? What do you, what are nights like? What are, yeah, you know, what, wow. give me the logistics. Like I just picture you out there. It must be with people, but in, but it must be so alone. It must be, there must be so much, so much dynamic. I, I, I want to know, I want to put my listeners in the boat with you. Talk to oh, me about, yeah, yeah, I know that's such an yeah. easy question, but. <laughs> no, it, no, it's, it's a great question because, you know, the one thing that I really loved about the row, Bobby, when I learned about it was that to me, it kind of really simulated everyday life in a different way. Right. You're going to come up against obstacles and things that break and things that fail. And you're going to come up and have days where mentally you're not solid and days you're physically exhausted. And, you know, and then you got the team component, you know, is everybody working together well? How can you work, you know, together well for such a long period in such a small confined quarters? So the, the race that we entered, it was, it's actually an international race and it's called the Talisca Whiskey Atlantic Challenge. And the names will change now because they're doing the Pacific for the first time. So we're going to be in the inaugural one and the community that has attempt across the Pacific, you know, either to Hawaii or to Australia is a very, very small community. Um, just like really even the Atlantic, you know, more people have gone up to space and gone climbed Mount Everest ever than have ever tried to cross an ocean. Um, in a in a rowboat, but you have this 140 square foot, if that, 28 by five feet wide um, ocean rowboat uh, made out of fiberglass and carbon. It's all open in the middle. There's never a canopy, and there's two very small cabins um, that just barely put two people in them, um, and that's where each rower will sleep. Um, when we start, we will start generally like three up, so we just get out of the harbor. Um, or we get into the channel and then we go into a, um, what we call a two hour on, two hour off configuration for 24 hours. And so we'll always have two people rowing 
and then two people resting or doing boat chores or doing body maintenance. And body maintenance and body prep is a huge part mm. of the experience because you can't let salt sores manifest. You know, you're going to get see- you're going to get seasick. Um, you know, you have to make your food. You have to make the team water. Um, sometimes you're making the team food, you know, especially if, if folks are not feeling well. Um, when me and my folk, when me and the team went out out of La Gomera, the first night, we were like right in 10 foot seas. Um, you know, we all got seasick that very first night, but we were very fortunate. It was a very quick dose. We got seasick a little bit that night. We did really well in training, you know, with seasickness. And then um, we weren't sick at all the rest of the trip. So we were really, really, really happy about that. But to kind of give you to the end, if you want to talk about the physicalness of it, for me alone, I started at 212. And when I hit the doctor in Antigua after the crossing, I was 161 pounds. So I lost 41 pounds on the journey. My other mate lost 38. The cup was kind of in the 21 area. And then Billy was like about 25 pounds. So we all lost, you know, some weight, but a daily routine in the boat is like, I'll just start at six o'clock. You know, let's say we're doing a a crew change um, and it's happening right about eight o'clock. That crew that's coming off somebody, whoever was the chosen one for that day, will make, will make water for the crew. So we'll go in there and make a bunch of liters of, of water and the liters that work on the solar power and the lithium batteries that we have, that really does the most power management draw in the boat. So that and, and the auto helm. But then while that person's doing the water, somebody's taking some of the leftover fresh water and we're washing all the gear off in our solar panels because the salt buildup out there is pretty, is mm. pretty bad. Um, and then really after that, you might go down and you might rest a little bit. Um, you know, or for me, like when I went to cabin, I was the skipper of the crew, you know, I would go and I would look at the charts, um, and I'd see how we're navigating. Um, I look at any texts that maybe came in from the safety officer or even from our land support team, um, out, um, here in Amaya Island. But when I say land support or we call out, that's the only kind of support that we have. This row is actually credited as an unsupported row across the Atlantic. You can't have any exchange of food. It's a one-time pack and a one-time push off the dock. See you, you know, try to get to the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't have a follow me boat. We have no sailboat that's following. We have no ship that's following. We have to watch out for other ships, um, you know, that are out there, but, but we have no support at all. We pack dehydrated food. We make water out of the ocean. Um, we do our own medical, uh, you know, treatments on each other. You know, if we need to rub ointment or any chaffing or blisters or stitches, you know, anything of that nature. We did blunt trauma training before we went. We had a Green Beret a Special Forces guy out of the Army out of D-Day. They came out and did um, two days of kind of like blunt trauma training, if you wanted to, medical training. Um, we, you know, how to set a chest uh, chest tube, how to set uh, IVs and, you know, and so forth, how to stitch each other up. Um, yeah. And that, so then typically we just row, Bobby, you row two hours on two hours off. If you get off on your shift and you don't really have anything to do like charts or plotting or journal writing or making water or food, uh, generally each of us would just go down and we try to do a mental reset. We try to take a nap, uh, maybe read. Um, it was really hard at night, you know, when you're in complete pitch dark and Mm. it's like 10, 15 foot seas. It gets pretty, pretty gnarly. We saw everything from the calmest of seas, like a lake, up to 30-foot seas and 70-knot winds. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it blows you away. Jesus, dude. It's It's like talking. Yeah, everything from whales to. Yeah. It's like talking. Great whites. I imagine it's (laughs) the same conversation with the uh, guys on the Apollo missions. It's just like, I, I, it's something it's something like a movie would be made out of. It's just so intense and I'm, I'm literally leaned in just hearing this and it's incredible. And then the reason you're doing it, I, I like to pepper things with just small doses of keep in mind. You're doing this for other people as a charity to be, This isn't ego. This isn't, you know, you're not Olympians trying to, you know, get the gold. You're doing this to support someone else that needs that support. It is truly a selfless, uh, albeit fun, and 
you know, I would I, I, the trepid. I, I would be so trepidatious just to even think about doing this. And now I'm leaning in, like, well, how do I get involved? How do I get on that boat? Um, I just, I can't, the motivation is just, I can hear it in your voice. I'm picturing myself. I've been lucky enough to be on the ocean, being in the Marine Corps, a lot of naval rides, seeing ocean that look like glass, seeing, you know, I've dived in water. That's just crazy in the middle of the night, surrounded by hammerhead sharks. That's Hawaii for you. <laughs> and the fear I had in those moments, I can only imagine the excitement, the fear, the, Again, I said the loneliness, but yet you're with that team and you probably get this regiment down where you're all just kind of moving mechanically while trying to take it all in while remembering why you're, why you're doing it. Um, so mind blown. Um, absolutely incredible. Tell me a little bit about the project itself. And um, I, I'm a big fan and a and huge supporter of, of, of working dogs for veterans. Um, for obviously the PTSD focus. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you've accomplished, how much to date you've been able to raise, and maybe some stories about some of the gentlemen and women out there that's that's got a piece of this this charity from you. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh yeah, you're what a yeah, I just love the way you're you're asked questions and because that's oh, really you. what it's about. Yeah, no, seriously, because that's really what it's what it's about. You know, the you know people think that you do usually do things and you go out there for yourself and something like this, and and it's far from that. Um, um, and I'm gonna try really hard to try to get through this with minimal crying, bro, because it's a hard one for me, buddy. I'm here um, for you. I'll start with you. I appreciate because there's a well. First, I'm gonna tell you, you you're already with us. So you're, you're, that's that you're stuck on that. You're stuck yes, on. Sir. So, um, and one of the neat things, Bobby, is I always have a vision of what I see, you know, a year from now or eight months from now. And, and I see, you know, whether it's on a podcast again, or just calling you up and just chatting on a FaceTime, me yeah. and you, I'm, it's going to happen. Cause I'm going to tell you, Hey man, how the trip went, I you know, know, or text yeah. each other or call each other, or, or I might even call you from the ocean. So, um, which wow. I, I just want to add. Yeah, no, before I forget that, we actually did that last time. We took our sat phone and we tried to call as many people as we could yes. from the end to tell them we love them and, and thanks for all this support. Oh but, um, and that goes along with your question, why, why we're rowing. You know, we are rowing, make no mistake, we are rowing for others. We are rowing for, uh, this time we are rowing for two organizations. We're rowing for canine warriors for our veteran brothers and sisters that are out there that are struggling with with the ideation of suicide, that are struggling with PTSD, anxiety, sexual trauma, whatever our brothers and sisters in our veteran community are suffering from, we would just really want to be there. But we knew that we didn't have the skill set to make a, a, a difference. You know, like we're not mental health specialists. We're not counselors. You know, we're just guys that like you and everybody and other you know, just in the community, just they're out there trying to make it in the world, you know, in daily life. But also we just don't want to watch, you know, this pain happening in our veteran community. So, you know, we looked for an organization that we really believe in that we think is making really very dynamic changes in a veteran's life. And that's Canine Warriors. It yeah. is without a doubt. I know for me, even individually, personally, um, when I look at a, um, when I look at a, um, when I look at a dog with our veterans that are coming through that program and I see the change in the dog because I have gotten a chance to meet these dogs, you know, before they're paired up. <clears throat> and when I see how they have changed and I see how they have changed the veteran and I see how the veteran has even changed because of them, it, it just will be everlasting in your heart and um and i can't get beyond that our veterans are on a waiting list for for dogs it, i just it just baffles me so you know when we did this row and we started out really all we wanted to do bobby was sponsor like we thought it was going to be a big deal to 
to sponsor four dogs. And then our campaign and our mission really started taking off. And we were like over the 200,000 mark at that time. And we said, you know what, let's push ourselves and let's push our community and let's try to go for something bigger because, you know, we just got to help more. Um, and the biggest connection that I make is when I look at a veteran, I just don't see him as a United States Marine veteran or an Air Force veteran. I look at them and I look at us and these, this is, I mean, really physically, these are our brothers, our sisters, our aunts, our uncles, you know, we're losing um, grandfathers at times. And, and, and it just pains me um, that these people just put service over self at some time in their life. And now we're making them wait for help. And it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. So we pushed our community and we said, you know, what can we do with this campaign to make a bigger impact? And we called K9 for Warriors. And we found out at that time that they were building these mega kennels that they didn't really have here in the headquarters in, in Ponte Vedra, Florida, that they didn't have, you know, the space enough to to train the dogs so then that's when we reshaped our mission and we said we want to build a kennel and then uh we talked to with canine for warriors you know we did all the pieces that we had to do administrative wise to say we want to we want to donate that kennel um we put a deposit down just like buying a home you know we took all the money that we had already um accumulated in the in the campaign and we gave a down payment and we gave that our incentive to make sure that we that we um, that we built the kennel, and we did. We ended up uh, raising over nine hundred and twenty something thousand dollars for Canine for Warriors, and we built the kennel. And that kennel name is Courageous, which is the name of our boat that took us across the Atlantic. And it wasn't the four guys that just did it; it was folks like you, Bobby, folks like me folks like Marlon and Barrel, folks like just regular donations, people that are just out there. It was all grassroots. You know, we, we really didn't get, it was kind of fortunate and unfortunate. You know, we were like, wow, we don't really got any big Baptist hospital was really our biggest and PSI were like really our big corporate sponsors, which was really neat because they're all local. Um, but, you know, we just didn't get any big, you know, big help. And so that was all by grassroots brother. I mean, just by people making $25 here, $100 here, you know, we had a couple of big, you know, donations coming in, but it was just people in a community wanting to make a difference. And now we have a kennel that's sitting in the Canine for Warriors headquarters that will train 128 dogs um, a year. And I've already visited the kennel twice, and it's pretty amazing to see the dogs in there, you know, getting trained and and. And then we have a young lady who's an ambassador now for Canine for Warriors. And she actually is paired up with this dog that used to just follow us when we were doing our campaign. His name was Chewy. He's a golden doodle. Um, and now uh, she's paired up with, with Chewy. And she's, she's living an amazing life. And that's all that matters. And I will tell you for myself, and I know all my teammates, we would cross a thousand oceans to make every mom or dad, you know, to be able to be paired up with a dog and to have that feeling like you can go out again, like you can feel safe, you can feel secure. She used to never travel. You know, she totally stopped traveling. Um, she has children. She almost was going to leave behind a beautiful husband. And now she just lives this robust life. And, and we stay connected. You know, I, I respect her privacy and everything. And it's, it's just amazing. It's just amazing the life she's living now. And it's all because of that, because of that, this program. So it works. It really works. I know KNF Warriors, I think, has right now about a 98% success rate. I think they've paired up like 800 and something dogs with veteran warriors. And I think there was only one um, one loss of life. So, um, and that's way too many, but it, it's still, it's, it's a program that's, that's working. And so now this next team, Bobby, this team that's going out, team Ohana, which is an international team. There are two ladies on it that were really moved by our, well, actually all three of the new rowers are really moved 
by our campaign that we did last year that they want to be, you know, a part of that. They want to be a part of that community. They want to be a part of that family. Wow. Um, Paul, you are, you and your team, but you, because I'm talking to you, are an exceptional human being. And, you know, I'm more than proud to call you family. And what you're doing, what you're doing is so impactful and amazing. And these organizations, what they do, no one asked them to, but they, they saw a need, you know, I've lost friends. I have almost been a statistic myself. Um, you know, one a day. We lose one a day. Um, on average, um, twenty. I'm sorry, twenty-one a day. It's twenty-one a day. Twenty-one a day on average. Um, suicides, military suicides. It's it's hard. You know. It's a trauma. It's a, regardless of your political beliefs, you know, I got a lot of listeners out there that are probably on, I'm not going to divide, but different ideologies. But at the end of the day, these are young men and women who truly believe they are, they did do something bigger than themselves selflessly. And then they come out the other end very much broken. And I can tell you from experience, it's a nightmare. And, a dog. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I don't have a service dog and I'm meaning this seriously. I have two ferrets and, uh, they're, they're my, you know, if I'm feeling down, if I'm feeling in a bad place, I go to them. Animals can do something for us because they're truly selfless. And I think service dogs are probably one of the most elite things we can do for ourselves. Naturally, natural thing we can do for ourselves. Um, Paul, I, 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 I won't be in the boat with you guys, but my heart absolutely will be. I want you to know that I'm going to do everything I can. I'm not going to out. I'm not going to say, I just start throwing ideas out. My, my, my wife is like, you know, well, how can we donate my, we do donations every year. We do charity events, uh, for different organizations. I'm going to, I'm going to say, we're going to put something in this. She's nodding on, on our, on our, um, on our list for our upcoming event. Um, we'll talk more about that afterwards for <clears throat> listeners. Um, you know, as we wrap it up here in a minute, um, and this is not our last conversation because I need to know more. I want to talk more. I want to hear, I want to interview you after, um, the row, um, hopefully in person. Um, but I want you to donate. I want you to donate cause it's the right thing to do. I want you to, I want you to be part of that community where it's financially support, Go out there and meet up with Paul and help him, you know, clean something, push something, you know. I don't know. Maybe you're a weatherman and you listen. You can be part of his team. <laughs> but I will tell you, if you if you donate, um, if you donate and you're a cash chaser, um, I'm going to do what I can for you. I'm going to pick a – we'll come up with a fun game or something to do to get donations from you. Maybe I'll auction something, something signed, uh, maybe a special – I can't say it because you're not allowed to certain things you can't you're not allowed to give away or mail in certain bottles you're not allowed to do that <laughs> but hypothetically if something was going to be given out in a donation it might be something like that so if the ATF is listening I'm not mailing alcohol but if the ATF is not listening I'll straight up mail alcohol um, I'm kidding but I'll do what I can my brain my brain's just running right now with what can I do what can I do what can I do Paul where can people where can people find you? Where can people follow you? How can they help? Where can they see your journey? Just give us the, give us the ins and outs of how, where, what, when, and why I want them to know and be plugged into everything you're doing. Um, where can they get a drink served by you? I mean, cause you, you know, <laughs> we, I mean, where, where, tell, tell, tell my people everything they need to know to stay connected and, and to stay abreast to this. Yeah. So, um, I do make it really mean old fashioned. I, um, I hear, I hear. Yeah. 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 I do. I really do. And I make a hell of a Sazerac. Um, and, and two, and two of my favorite. And I just really love even bourbon, just truly mm. purely by itself in a very good weighted solid rocks glass with no ice. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, 
like I said again, just bourbon and, and that American flag. I love that's that. All <laughs> that's all you that. need. I just love that flag. Anyway, um, I know I diverted there for a little bit, but yeah. yeah, so on a serious note, so we have this next team going out. I know I mentioned my other team a lot, and, that, and that's just because the you know, the rows completed and people can have a tangible on, you know, what we did there and our outcomes. Um, but the four people that we have going out on the ocean now are all rowers that have already done the ocean themselves, you know, so they've, they know what they're going against. Um, and even though, um, it was pretty remarkable when I got the phone call from Iris and Marina, who's from the Netherlands and Switzerland, who I met on the last row, um, on how they, they wanted to row. And they, when they found out I was trying to put together another row for canine for warriors, they were just blown away and they wanted to be a part of it. And that really moved me because that really just tells me everything about the campaign that we, um, and then I know their performance, you know, the, the way that they performed on their row and for their charities. So, and then Matt, who's our other rower, he's uh, from Switzerland and then also the United States. And he lives down at St. Augustine. Um, he was the same thing. He's like, I just want to be a part of this. And actually, I'm, I'm talking to you right now. He's actually putting the um, passive radar stick on our boat right now because it's required by the Coast Guard off of California. So he's working on the boat really right now at the um, at the moment. But to, to help us out, I got to already tell you, Bobby, and thank you. I mean, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, and this is how simple I am and how simple I like to make our mission and the way I view community. You have already done a very big part in just inviting me to be able on to just create, you know, some kind of awareness. I've stuck through this philosophy for the last four years of this journey, you know, that a $1 donation to a $35,000 donation to a no donation is, is just worth everything as long as it brings a community together to be aware of a problem. You know, and, and if you don't mind me also, I just want to mention real quick, um, on the second row, we're also rowing for the Children's Tumor Foundation. Mm. And I have a, a lady on the island who I'm very close friends with that has been living with the disease of neurofibromatosis her whole entire life. And anybody that's diagnosed with that, they go through typically, Bobby, anywhere from five to seven surgeries a year. So the, the genetic disorder is usually non-cancerous tumors that grow on a person's nervous system or on their spinal cord and in their brain. Um, and if you're five years old and you're diagnosed with NF, you will look for the rest of your entire life that you're going to go through about five or seven surgeries a year, you know, just to remove these, these tumors that end up growing, you know, that can cause blindness, deafness, um, you know, and so forth. So last weekend, I got to meet a, a really great handful of children that live here in Nassau County in Florida that are grappling with NF. Um, and right now, there's really no cure. There's not a lot of major research. There's research that comes out of UCLA. So, um, but the neat part I know, Bobby, here, you're going to love this piece the most, is that my friend, when it really just started out with when we were rowing again, she's like, I want to row. I just saw what you did with John. And I'm kind of giving you another story here because in between when I got off the Atlantic, as soon as I landed on the Atlantic, the very first day I came back to Amelia Island, I had a young man who's 28 years old. He's blind. He's a special Olympian and he wants to cross an ocean. So wow. he's like, what can I do to cross an ocean? So over this last year, me and him have been training. And um, this past November, um, we took him on a 130-mile row. We went from, and he did it. Him and his dad came with us, and I got another teammate. And we rode from Savannah down to um, down to Fernadina, 130 miles. It took us about two days. And that young man navigated in and out of that boat blind, you know, eating his own food, doing his own bathroom duties, rowing, getting up every two hours. And he still has the dream of doing an ocean, and we're gonna we're gonna make that happen for him. But Michelle came up and said the same thing. She's like, you know, given my condition, I really want to row. So after I come back from the Pacific this year, I'm gonna let my body reset for um, a month, and then uh, Michelle, because we're doing the same thing, we're gonna we're training, and um, she's gonna row, and we're gonna do like a two or three hundred mile row somewhere. So our whole goal, Bobby, is for this campaign. For this Pacific crossing on June 12th from Monterey to Hanalea Bay, Hawaii, 
is um, really simple. We're very thankful for folks like you that help us bolster the awareness piece. Um, we're super thankful for the businesses that are out there, especially the small businesses like Old Line. Mm. I mean, how huge is that what those guys did for us yeah. to become a become monster? And I got to tell you, I love, you know, they've got their their line um, about spirits. And I think it was in your line or theirs that I read. And this piece I really love that it's not only what's in the glass but it's about the chase. That's us. Yeah. That's that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I've been doing so much. I got no, so much going through my head. That, yeah. But yeah. I'll tell you, man, I love that. Right. Because it is, it's remember I told you it's not the 51 day journey, man. It's, it's that 1,300 and gosh, now it's like gotta be about 1,600 and something days, you know, it's the, and the journeys continue. So it's about that. It's about that chase. I'm pulling a family and a community together. And our team name this time is team Ohana. And in Hawaiian, Ohana means family. Yeah. Um, and then on the on the back of my shirt, it says it takes a family to row the Pacific. Our last model was it took an island to row the Atlantic. <laughs> um, so we're all about community. We're all about family. And our goal is really simple this. We will always take as many business and corporate sponsors as we can because all that does is just bolster you know, the donation. So we're still looking for that. But the biggest thing we're doing this time, Bobby, is trying to keep it really simple. We're looking for 2,500 people to donate individually, 2,500 donations at the $200 level for K-9 Warriors. And that'll get us to the $500,000 mark for K-9 Warriors. Let's do it. it. And then, yeah. And then we're trying to do the same exact thing for NF. We're trying to find 2,500 people to sponsor a blue heart uh, for NF. And what we do is we're going to take um that we're going to put the paws and the hearts on the boat um and so they'll come across the ocean um with us but you know if we do that we raised uh, last year we raised over like i think i was telling you about nine hundred twenty thousand dollars. but if we get towards that you know this time we'll even beat that and we'll raise a million dollars when we were in the race last year i think i know for a fact we were the only u.s team ever in the history of the race that has raised the most amount of money so I would like to, you know, to beat that mark again. And uh, it would be great to get a million dollars for each, you know, for each organization. And again, especially, you know, I'm not diminishing on on NF, but when I also too, when I just look at the at the veterans, when I look at a child with NF thinking about going through surgeries and there's no cure and there's not much research going on, you know, that's moving me in there. I'm like, I want to be there because I just can't see that kind of suffering, you know. And then when I see our veterans on a five-year waiting list, you know, for a dog, when, when we called them up, they didn't wait, they went right in. There was no waiting, you know, so we shouldn't make them wait on the backside. They, we should get them every resource that they need to, in order to, when they to need live, it, when they need it to live good, healthy lives. Couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. So, so really we've got a website that's out there. It's called team Ohana.com. Uh, um, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We've got a group and a page. Um, our group is really cool because it's a community page. Uh, we watch what comes out there, but we let people post because we want them to interact with us. It means, it means a lot to us. We, on our social media, we let everybody see all the pains and all the toughness of trying to put, get a boat to the starting line. Cause actually in the ocean row community, Bobby, they talk about the hardest thing is really sometimes not rowing an ocean. It's just getting a boat and a team to the starting line. You know, because yeah. it, it takes financial resources and it takes a lot, a lot of time. Dude, I have a lot of friends. Yeah. And if I went around asking, I don't think I get any of them to get in a boat and cross the ocean with me. Um, so no, you would. you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. I got some crazy <laughs> friends, so maybe. But uh, no, I'll go I, with you. I'll yeah. go with you. I don't even really know. <laughs> yeah. Halfway through, you're going to be like, this is a bad decision. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Listen, Chasers, I want you to, I'm asking you to donate. I'm asking you to reach out to things you know you know there's a barrel pick the old line barrel pick um they did that uh with them that um that's if you've ever had anything from old line one of the few american single malts out there uh probably one of the most incredible in my book uh american single malts um they have a barrel pick you can jump on their website if you're local you can get that if you want to donate, you can get a hold of Paul and his people. Um, you can get a hold of me. You can uh, contact us at castchasers.org or you, Instagram and Facebook. Um, there's plenty of routes to go to ask how you can help, how you can be a support, how you can be supportive. If you want to get in a boat, you know, 
let's plug in with Paul. I'm sure he's got a place for you if you know what you're doing. Or maybe if you don't. <laughs> maybe if you don't. Um, but, uh, Paul, I just want to... I want to thank you so much for coming on, man, and being a part of this with me. And, you know, like you said before, it's truly not about finding the perfect dram. It's just, it's all in the chase. And that's the point. Thanks, man. And I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I love you. I love you. I love you, Bobby. Thank you so much for the time that you've given me. Yeah. The, the, I just can't, I just can't thank you enough, brother. My absolute I mean, honor. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, yeah. Eh, don't make me start crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be good, man. Well, send my regards to your wife. Will do. You guys, take care. Thanks for your time. Cheers, brother. Yep. Bye. God bless. You too. See you.